The origin of Fans World comes that fans are the heart and blood of the sports industry. And they spend huge loads of their time, effort, savings, and up to thousands of dollars each year to cheer for their team. Uh, they share their thoughts in stadiums, pubs, cafes, or even online. But once the conversation stops, all their voice are erased and no one collects their data and analyzes their thought process. Cheating for your team sometimes can go into your savings. So that's why we, uh, I thought, you know what, people are, are spending not only time and effort to cheer for their team, but a lot of their savings and their money in order to cheer for their team. So is there a platform that helps you monetize by cheating for your team? So this was the initial part where we said, you know what, uh, there needs to be someone that rewards the fans. This is the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast showcasing outstanding startups and initiatives in the global sports tech ecosystem. From Sports Tech X, the leading source for data and insights about sports tech. Here is your host, Ron Maholtra. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast. We are continuing our theme of uh, sports tech's focus on the Middle East. We've spoken to a couple of startups, uh, some investors, and I've got another great startup on the show today, a company called Fans World. And I've got their COO, co-founder and CEO, Amar El-Bahiri on the show with us. Welcome to the podcast, Amar. Thank you, Ron, and thank you for hosting us. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you in. Um, I hope I got the pronunciation correct. I have practiced as before we started, so I hope I didn't do too bad a job. It, it, it was 98% correct. It's, uh, you, you will only miss the, you know, the, the H, the Arabic H, which is Al-Bahiri, but you know, so uh, it's very difficult for me to ask you to pronounce it Al-Bahiri because it's, uh, it's a challenge, right? I appreciate you being kind. Well, Amar Al-Bahiri, I'll do yeah. my best. Oh, but nice. more importantly, ra- rather than, rather than um, more about your name specifically, we want to know more about you and especially about Fans World. So let's start from the beginning, right? Um, before I introduce Fans World, I want to talk about you. What brought you on this journey uh, to setting up Fans World? Where are you based? Of course, I know that you're in Dubai, but is that originally where you're from? Tell us about your origin story, shall we say? Well, thank you, Ron, of course, for hosting us today, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here. So uh, my name is uh, Amr Bahiri, and I'm uh, Egyptian living in Dubai since approximately 15 years now. So I call uh, Dubai my second home. Um, and, you know, I moved in here in uh, 2009 approximately and um, where I joined um, some multinationals in commercial uh, roles like sales, marketing, um, franchise head, sales and marketing lead, or uh, also head of marketing for the region of Saudi and Gulf as well. And then in 2019, I just decided, you know, to jump in on uh, on the startup world. So uh, we've kind of had like an, an idea, the co-founder and myself, who is actually my best friend since exactly 30 years uh, from, from now. And, um, you know, in terms of commercial sales, marketing, this is my passion. But I would say that football 
is our addiction. So uh, we really wanted to jump in on the on a journey of creating a platform that unites the fans uh, in one place. And we kind of had a couple of uh, problems that we saw clearly when it comes to the sports consumption globally. And we wanted to tackle that. And that's why we founded Fans World. Super. And before we come to Fans World, a couple of things, because your personal background, you spent, as you said, um, time in pharma and, and biotech. And interestingly, I saw on your profile that you're a bit of a connection to Germany as well. Uh, you passed out from the German university in Cairo. I am <laughs> yeah. based in Berlin. Um, but my, my German is still not... Uh, not very good. We will work on that maybe with my Arabic and Egyptian as well. Um, but before, but having got through that, so great to have you on on the show, Amar. Um, now about Fans World specifically, you came from this biotech background, uh, but with a passion to solve a problem in the sports world and try to get basically like a social network for football fans. Is that an accurate description? Tell us about the origin of Fans World. Yeah. So. Um the origin of Fans World comes that fans are the heart and blood of the sports industry. And they spend huge loads of their time, effort, savings, and up to thousands of dollars each year to cheer for their team. Uh, they share their thoughts in stadiums, pubs, cafes, or even online. But once the conversation stops, all their voice are erased and no one collects their data and analyzes their thought process. When it comes to how they spend money to cheer for their team, like buying sports apparel, uh, like buying new jersey or a sneaker, cards and collectibles, which tend to be quite expensive. And also when it comes to tickets that they buy and even travel, I think the reason why we founded Fans World is because the story that I'm going to tell you now. So in 2018, uh, Egypt, it's been like 30 years since they, um, you know, they were qualified to the World Cup. So we said, you know what? Everyone in Egypt wanted to go to the World Cup to cheer for Egypt. Because it's been such a long time since they, they, they reached the World Cup. So we were in a match uh, of Russia versus Egypt in Russia. And I would say 60% of the stadium were Egyptians. So it really shows you how we were longing to uh, attend such an important event. And it was a great achievement. And that's a true story when I tell you that the one that's beside me, every you know, ball that's being passed to Salah and then he, you know, he, he shoots it or it just, just beside the goal or a very close chance, a guy beside me keeps on shaking me. Someone whom I don't know and I have never seen before. And I'm telling him, come on, man, calm down. I'm already stressed. I'm already, you know, in a, in a very tense situation now. Just don't, you know, uh, don't anger it more, right? And uh, he's like, he's telling me, you know why I'm so excited. I'm actually a hairdresser in a salon in Egypt. And I spent years of savings to be here. And, you know, I was shocked because, you know, some people might, of course, traveling to the World Cup is expensive, but cheating for your team sometimes can go into your savings. So that's why we, I, I thought, you know what, people are, are spending not only time and effort to cheer for their team, but a lot of their savings and their money in order to cheer for their team. 
So is there a platform that helps you monetize by cheating for your team? So this was the initial part where we said, you know what, uh, there needs to be someone that rewards the fans by having, you know, uh, true rewards for their for their fans, prizes, not only coupons, not discounts that you will never get, not like, no, 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 it's just direct monthly gift, straightforward to, uh, you know, reward the fans. So we solved this issue. So we reward the fans right now more than $35,000 a year worth of prizes, uh, you know, uh, by cash or prizes, whatever the fan chooses, uh, in order for them to monetize from, uh, you know, consuming sports. Another problem that we're solving today and that was very clear to us since a long time ago, even before the World Cup, is that fan engagement today is far from optimal, especially when it comes to new generations. They want to connect to each other and, you know, not only to, with their friends, but with the fans from all over the world. They jump from a platform to another to discuss and share their opinions and they are never stored. So once the conversation stops, your opinion disappears. So we fix that by having a live match discussion section where we get to connect from fans from all over the world. It's like the match that the guy was, you know, pulling me here and there. In the but it's a virtual, it's a huge virtual stadium where you get to sit beside someone from Brazil or someone from Morocco or someone from France and you discuss the match, you share your opinions and then you store it in order for you to see what has been your opinion about your favorite teams or your favorite players this year or the past year and so on. So it's a huge online community. We connect everyone uh, in the world to each other, especially the sports fans. One of the main reasons that I was actually really glad, I mean, this the whole scheduling of this podcast was quite last minute. Um, you guys came in. You'll also, by the way, see Fans World in our upcoming um, uh, ecosystem report that we're publishing. Uh, I think by the time you get this uh, recording, it'll probably be out early in the first week of May. But um, the reason I wanted you guys to come on is A, because we are casting an eye as Sports Tech X. We're looking increasingly at the Middle East. And the reason is simple, because we saw the power that the region holds, especially when it comes to fandom. Um, the way the World Cup was received and celebrated across the region was something, a real spectacle to watch. In fact, one of my team, Kimberly, who you've been speaking to, she was at yeah. the World Cup in Qatar. Um, and I mean, she was there as a volunteer, so she saw it firsthand as well. I was not so lucky yeah. to, to be there myself, but uh, just watching it on TV here in Berlin, uh, you could really see that the connectedness of the fandom and for and also the region came together in such a way to I think all Arabs were celebrating Saudis win over Argentina. It didn't matter Absolutely. whether they were Saudis or Qataris or uh, Emiratis or Egyptians, whatever it is. Um, so the, the, the idea that you guys are also focusing on the space was another important reason that I wanted to talk to you. As a side note, uh, a shame that Egypt themselves couldn't make it to the tournament. I'm sure that, uh, that hairdresser would yeah. have probably hopefully spent a little bit less <laughs> to watch uh, Mo Salah. Um, but Absolutely. Yeah, such as yeah. such is the fate. Okay, so you've already talked a little bit about your, so you're connecting communities, uh, bringing fans together to help them, uh, bringing fans together virtually to help them uh, share an experience of watching sports together. But let's talk about the first part, which is the prizes. How does that work? Uh, 
you've got, I assume, a list of brands that uh, are offering prizes or are sponsoring prizes in the platform. And how do fans uh, get access to them? So um, how the fans actually gain the points um, in fans world is that before the match, they predict the score. And if they get it right, they get points. Uh, and if and also if they predict the first team to score and the first player to score and they get it right, they get points as well. During the match, they recommend substitutions. And if they get it right, they get points as well. And also after the match, by rating the players and the goals, they get points. And by answering trivia questions and inviting friends and even in the match discussion section, the more likes they get on their post, the more points they get. And then the ones who have the highest scores on, we call them the top eight leagues in our region, which is the UEFA Champions League, uh, Spanish La Liga, Italian, German, English Premier League and French. And then in addition to that, the Saudi and the Egyptian uh, League as well. So we have the top five in terms of points gathered throughout the month. So if you are in the top five, you will get uh, the rewards. So it's $100, $75, $50, 25 from 1st to 5th. And then whoever accumulated the most points throughout the season, which starts, I would say, from mid-August until, let's, be, let's say, beginning of June, you get the top um, you know, uh, seasonal prizes, which are close to uh, $10,000. So we reward $2,200 a month uh, for the users and then $10,000 uh, for the season. Basically, it's like a, a fantasy and prediction platform that the fans, or it's a fantasy or prediction game that the fans are playing and they're getting rewarded for it. Uh, do the fans pay to play or is it free for them? It is free for them. Yeah. Yeah, also because fantasy and prediction-based gaming is a big trend. We're seeing the connection, uh, especially from India uh, and the Southeast uh, Asian region. Uh, fantasy sports is taking a, having Absolutely. a great moment in, in, in the UK with the Premier League. We're seeing a huge rise in fantasy league players. And of course, in the US, where sports betting and fantasy go very closely together. Uh, I want to come back to uh, talk about the region itself and get your perception of how sports tech is, um, is surviving, thriving in the region. You've already, of course, come out of one World Cup. There is a possibility that there will be another World Cup in the region in 2030, including in, in Egypt, of course, and uh, along with Saudi, who are co-bidders. Um, yeah. A, do you, do you think that's realistic? Do you think that's a possibility? I guess uh, maybe they have the money to do it. And B, what has been the outcome of the uh, World Cup already in the region? And, and do you feel like it's given a boost to sports tech or just generally sports following uh, across the region? Well, absolutely. So um, I truly believe that uh, Saudi and Egypt, and I think they're bidding also uh, with Greece as well. Um, I absolutely believe that they have a chance. Uh, the way Qatar showed us that they were still in a very early phase when it comes to the infrastructure of hosting World Cup and then showing the roadmap to reach that and they bid to, the, to FIFA and they got the, you know, the approvals at the end. I know that there was some controversies about, you know, uh, are they ready to really host it or not? And I think they, you know, put every, everyone back to, you know, uh, to no doubts that this was one of the best, most organized World Cups. And actually being hosted by a small country is actually good because 
when you go there, you you know, you can attend a couple of matches. It doesn't have to be a three or four hour flight. So I believe it was amazing. And the cherry on top, I think, was, you know, uh, the, uh, you know, the coronation of, you know, of Argentina and Messi wearing the Arab Bisht, which was one of my, you know, most favorite sporting moments ever because, you know, it's not about only Messi being, you know, uh, crowned as world champion or Argentina because, you know, it, it, it's kind of a, a lesson to everyone how the universe works. Success doesn't come overnight. It comes through perseverance, multiple failures and the will to win. We've seen Messi losing the finals of the World Cup 2014 or Copa America a couple of times and finally winning it as a team, uh, you know, in, in Qatar. And, you know, said pe people in 2014 said, you know, it's so unfair that the best player in the world doesn't get crowned world champions. And, you know, fans thought like life is so unfair. But for a champion like Messi, and that's the lesson here, with perseverance and the will to win as a team, Uh, you're gonna get your, you know, uh, your dreams achieved, and I think that's all what we've learned. Um, uh, even if you are considered the best, you might fail, and people will doubt you, and so on. And the reason why I'm saying it's the best moment while wearing the Arab bisht is that it's a crowning moment for the Arab world. And this is back to your question on the huge efforts and investments that they did in the last decade or so, where we've seen huge changes and improvement when it comes to sports by at least starting by being sports or the UAE Pro League getting Maradona to be the coach of the of one of their teams, uh, the Saudi League signing Cristiano Ronaldo and uh, the investments from Saudi and UAE in football clubs and then finally the World Cup in Qatar, which was, you know, for a lot of football fans, uh, was like the best World Cup and the best final match of World Cup ever with all the excitement and all the last minute drama that happened and Messi lifting the World Cup wearing the Arab I, I think that was a sport that was a coronation moment to Argentina, Messi, his fans and also to the Arab world and the efforts that they did within the past decade. And we've seen that the viewership on the Saudi Pro League now is much higher when Cristiano came. Definitely much higher. And now when people are talking about, you know, uh, uh, a Barcelona player moving to, uh, you know, a UAE or moving to Qatar, we have seen a, a huge increase in viewership when it comes to our leagues here. And also when it comes to the, you know, the investment focus in the region on sports, I think Saudi now is leading that. And also in UAE with the acquisition of some, you know, um, clubs and so, I think we've seen a huge increase in interest of sports. When it comes to football fantasy, I would say it's kind of underutilized here in the region and that's something that we're tackling. Uh, so in terms of the gaming world, the Middle East, North Africa uh, represents approximately 10% of the total global sports or, or gaming, you know, um, Uh, you know, uh, percentage. But in terms of football fantasy, we represent only 1%, which means that there's a huge area to grow the football fantasy here. And I think maybe some people see it as, you know, a gray area between, uh, you know, betting and prediction. And I think that's what we, try, we, we kind of got right uh, within the past couple of years. We fixed that by having a platform 
that's related not only to predictions, but also to rating players and fan engagement. So it's about all of that in one. Stay up to date with all things sports tech and sign up for our newsletter. You'll get a monthly breakdown of the most important developments in the global sports tech ecosystem, paired with exclusive interviews with industry leaders. Get all of this and more delivered directly to your inbox. Sign up today at sportstechx.com. A great point that you made at the start, because I remember watching the... Uh... Uh, the award ceremony, and you could see the Argentine players with that uh, arabisht. And I was like, oh, that's a nice touch. But it now s- sounds even better, the fact that it was so important to you as uh, yeah. uh, as somebody from the region, as an Arab, to see that, that moment in your backyard uh, with an acknowledgement of your culture um, and to see that growing. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Glad uh, that it meant something to you. And uh, to your last point about the growth of fantasy, I mean, that's, again, like I said at the earlier, the reason that we also try to point or show uh, shine the spotlight on sports tech in the region is because there is so much potential. Uh, the fans there have shown us that they are just as crazy, if not more crazy, about their sports and <laughs> about their stars than anywhere else in the world. Um, about uh, about Fans World yourselves, uh, can you talk about, a little? give us a little bit of the traction. You said you, you've got a lot of uh, money that you're giving out, but maybe some idea of the users that you have. Have you raised a funding round? Are you looking to raise a funding round? Uh, what, is, what does that look like for the company right now? Well, so in, in for Fans World, I think in starting from where we started the company we were in 2020 we were obsessed with the product and you know we were managing to create a platform for the fans by the fans and the thing that we always focused on is to listen to our customers and how to build a product that fits for them to achieve a product market fit using a unique platform in 2021 we were chasing retention and then with some tweaks and and, and features here and there, we managed to reach the top 10% globally in terms of retention uh, as compared to other leading sports and gaming apps. In 2022, we were obsessed with traction. So we managed by spending a small amount on paid marketing to get more than 100 times our traction with a, ve- with a minimal spend on marketing. And I think that's, we reap what we saw. Like we spent our time in building a uh, uh, a good platform with a high retention rate. So whenever you inject money, you're not going to bleed a lot or you're not going to burn a lot. So in terms of the money that we raised, we already uh, we are in the pre-seed round. So we are, uh, you know, uh, seeking approximately a million dollars. And we already raised uh, more than quarter of that. And we are in talks with some leading VCs here uh, in sports and gaming, and in Web3 as well, uh, in order to push uh, to complete our pre-seed round. Uh, we didn't want to raise from day one. It was, ju- was just not going to be a good idea to not find the product market fit and not have a good retention rate before uh, raising these funds. So when we've seen that with a small spend, we multiply a lot the, the traction, we said, you know what, now it's time uh, to complete our pre-seed round. 
That's a great approach. I mean, you have to solve for retention before you splurge money on acquisition. That's the Absolutely. like one on one for for applications, games, whatever sort of uh, any sort of solution that you're building. Uh, coming back to the investor, so you're actually in the market for a round. Anybody listening that wants to reach out to Amar, uh, feel free to do so. Um, but looking, taking a step back in the overall picture, have you seen after the World Cup or just generally the sentiment amongst VCs in the region, are they more open to sports-based solutions or sports technology in general? Um, are they more supportive of startups such as yours? Well, I would say that after the World Cup, definitely it's easier. So the World Cup facilitated, uh, you know, the talks with most of the VCs, especially in Saudi because by the end of World Cup, Cristiano signed with Al Nasser. So it was kind of a boost because it was just like a week or two after the end of the World Cup, which was again facilitating this. I would say within our world, uh, uh, the most challenging part is to reach the people who genuinely want to help you and are ready to listen to your vision. Since we're still an early stage startup in sports, the availability of stakeholders who see our vision and potential aren't that much compared to, let's say, fintech or AI, because, you know, uh, especially AI, this has been, you know, uh, the talks uh, and, you know, the the hot uh, topic within the last couple of uh, of months, AI, and with the rise of ChatGBT as well. So it's been a challenge to get in front of the right stakeholders who share our interests. And, you know, uh, yes, we did manage to reach them and we are progressing very positively with them, but it's been definitely a challenge. Right. I I think that's the biggest thing. We've seen this in different parts of the world. India, for example, um, in China as well. I was in Hong Kong recently. And it feels like there's a shift in momentum. Previously, investors who were not really looking at it are at least now curious, but they're also a bit risk averse. They're not so sure yet of the power of sports. And that's, I guess, our job to convince them that there is a, a big market and uh, and a business to be had and large businesses to be built. Um, I agree. Speaking of that, Amar, let's look forward. What is coming up for Fans World? What is this business that you're trying to build in 23? What do you want to achieve? So in, in 23, I think, as any startup would do, is after being obsessed with traction, now we're obsessed with unit economics. And... Um, since we built the platform, we are now introducing new revenue streams that are uh, going, you know, to uh, to maximize the revenue that we have listed in our roadmap. We currently monetize based on ads, and we're introducing a couple of more revenue streams, and most of them are ready to be launched. Uh, and we've identified uh, some of the partners who will be helping us in that, and of course. Uh, finalizing our pre-seed round when it comes to, uh, you know, to the capital required in order to deploy some features and some other revenue streams with needs, which needs, uh, you know, some uh, tech work and, of course, some uh, paid marketing and, of course, uh, introducing Web3 Gaming. Interesting. So lots of, um, let's say, more features on the product, but also an execution focus on your end. I mean, you'll get your, hopefully raise your uh, seed round quickly and uh, get to build, build, build and grow and scale. Um, yeah. Uh, can you share, Amar, your coordinates? If somebody wants to reach out to you, where do they do that? On LinkedIn, via email? Yeah, so uh, via email. Uh, so um, uh, it's 
you know amr.el behari at fansworld.com and in in my also i think we can I can also share it here uh, uh, on the on the platform if you want uh, on linkedin uh, also on contact at fansworld.com uh, if anyone wants to reach out to us we'd love to talk to uh, industry leaders and uh, we're looking forward not only to talk to investors but to partners because i think uh, the thing that I wish I had known before uh, is, you know, people always tell you it's never too late to do something. No, it's actually the opposite. It's never too early to approach someone or do something. It's never too early to ask for a partnership with one of the biggest games in the world. We just signed our first sponsored, um, uh, you know, campaign with FIFA, EA Sports, uh, and we thought it was too early to talk to them, but it happened at the end. Uh, sometimes you think it's too early to seek advice from top advisors in the world or even to talk to you guys, uh, you know, or even too early to approach the top VCs in the world and, you know, or, or to share our vision with them. But what we've seen is that, you know, there is a high acceptance and the more you share your vision with them, uh, the more you... Um, the more they get excited with you. And you never know, maybe, a, you know, a stakeholder will see your vision, believe in you way too early and help you accelerate your future plans that you had in mind a year or two after, you know, the call. But, uh, you know, again, uh, when it comes to too early, you know, I don't think it's, uh, no, it's never too early to approach, you know, investors or partnerships and so on. That's a great point. As a startup founder, that's your job to keep talking, keep getting the word out there and yeah. you never know where a conversation can go to. Fantastic, Amar, it's been great to have you on the show. Uh, we're running out of time, but I do have my last question, which is usually my favorite one to ask. And I think I might know your answer, but uh, I still want to know what has been your favorite sporting moment uh, that either you've watched as a fan or been part of yourself? The, the favorite sporting moment, again, is... Messi and Argentina being crowned world champions in in World Cup wearing the Arab Bisht. I think this is my my favorite sporting moment. It's about perseverance. It's about, you know, to be a winner, you have to fail. Uh, people will doubt you. But you at the end, if you keep on, you keep the will to win, you will you will win as a team. And again, with the Arab Bisht, Again, it's a coronation of the Arab world and the huge amounts of effort and, uh, you know, um, and investments that they did within the last decade to really crown the Arab world, you know, uh, as also one of the sporting giants in the world. And yes, this is definitely my favorite sporting moment. It's a great message and some very powerful Im imagery and symbolism. Um, that moment of seeing myself. I mean, the greatest football match I've ever watched and I think Definitely. will ever watch. I don't think that that'll change. Um, but yeah, as you said, there's so much more that you can take away from it. Amar, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, having you on the show. Pleasure so thanks for joining me. us. 
Um, be sure uh, to watch out for the content, more content about Amar, about Fans World in our upcoming uh, Global Sports Tech ecosystem report out in about a week's time. If it's not out already when you're hearing this episode, so go to our website, sportstechx.com to check out that uh, and also follow us on all our socials. We will continue. I think we have one more episode on our Sports Tech in the Middle East series. We're talking to an Abu Dhabi-based VC fund. So stay tuned for that next week. All right, guys, see you then. Thanks for listening to the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast with Roan Maholtra. If you like our show, let us know and leave a review. And if you want to know more about us, check out sportstechx.com, where you can find our latest industry reports and updates. For a deeper dive into all things sports tech, check out our comprehensive database, SportstechDB, at sportstechdb.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us at SportsTechX on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Join us next time for another insightful conversation with a leader in sports tech.